Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Smith Podcast. Really happy to introduce my friend, Melissa Hallis. Melissa is a registered dietitian and nutritionist. She has a master's degree in nutrition, and she recently published a book called The Plant-Based Boost, Nutrition Solutions for Athletes and Exercise Enthusiasts. And as if that's not enough, she also has a book, The Plant-Based Boost Cookbook, 100-plus Recipes for Athletes Exercise Enthusiasts. Melissa, welcome to the show. So excited to be here. Melissa, you're an advocate of plant-forward eating. What does that mean? When we look at you know plant-forward eating or even plant-based eating, it doesn't mean that you need to eat 100% plant food. That's what a vegan is. You can be vegetarian, you can be pesco-vegetarian, and you can even include beef or chicken. But essentially, you're really trying to load up on more plant-based foods. So plant-based proteins like beans, legumes, tofu, tempeh, your fruits and vegetables, whole grains, and even herbs and spices, which are jam-packed with antioxidants that are really really important for runners because of course exercise is always exposing you to oxygen and free radicals at a much higher rate and you need to kind of combat that. And when we look at antioxidants, which are really essentially phytonutrients. So phytonutrients are what give all plant-based foods their color and their benefits. And each one has a different health benefit in your body. For example, I love anthocyanins for runners and athletes. Those are found in red and, and purple foods, not just because they're good for the cardiovascular system, but they're good for brain health. And we want to protect our neurons for those fast reaction times. You know, if you're, you're running on a trail and you don't want to trip, want those neurons firing. Well, what are the potential concerns that plant forward athletes should consider? It's really about allowing your body to adjust and doing that slowly. You just kind of slowly add. If you're eating like a a turkey chili, maybe you cut half of the turkey um, with lentils. So you just don't you know, start at 100%. There's a lot of positive things, of course, too, like cognition, recovery, disease prevention. But probably the biggest benefit would be that um, plant-based athletes have higher glycogen stores. Mm-hmm. And we know what runners need more than anything is high glycogen. That's right. And boy, you know it when you run low on it, too. <laughs> yeah. Are there any nutrients that runners should evaluate when eating a more plant-based diet? Absolutely. One of the things is that plant-based iron can as readily absorb. So whenever you're eating a non-heme iron, like you're getting your iron from spinach, you want to add a vitamin C source, like squeezing lemon in. Squeezing a little lemon in your soup or over any of your dishes that are plant-based are only going to enhance the natural flavors along with the iron. Now, of course, you know, if you're completely vegetarian or even more so vegan, you're going to need anywhere from like 1.5 four to 1.7 times the amount of iron um, as a meat eater would. So you're going to have to look at that more carefully. And then of course, vitamin D, vitamin D is always in the news, right? And then I don't know if you know, this is a kind of interesting fun fact, but if mushrooms are exposed to UV light shortly after harvesting, they have like thousands of international units of vitamin D. How should I go about fueling for my run? What would you suggest? Well, first off, 
it's so important to refuel during your run. You know, I will hear from people, um, I don't want to eat, I feel nauseous, and you've got to train your gut just the way you do when you're increasing more plant-based foods and fiber in your diet. And if you're not refueled, you're just, you just crash, you're done. It is essential to make sure you're refueling. And there's a lot of formulas that you can use that are evidence-based. So I could use a 60 kilogram woman who's around 130 pounds. Let's say she's eating one gram of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight an hour before she runs. That would be something like a slice of toast, which is around 13 grams of carb, a couple tablespoons of peanut butter, which has seven grams of carbs, a medium banana, which has around 27. If you add some Gatorade in there that you sip somewhere around maybe 60 grams, 62 grams of carbohydrate. So if you're you know, running for more than three hours, you do need to start to up those carbohydrates. 30 to 60 grams you know, per hour won't cut it. You're going to need around 90 grams. So you're heavily relying on, on gels. And I'm sure with your runner friends, they'll tell you they get kind of gel fatigue, like, oh, I can't take it anymore. Like that flavor is disgusting. And, right. and so it's so important to vary, to vary your gels, your chews and the different brands so that you don't get flavor fatigue. And then you get out in the habit of eating them. And then, you know, you're going to wipe yourself out. And if you're not refueling those carbohydrates, it affects everything. Well, what do you think about things like uh, salted baked potatoes or boiled potatoes or um, I don't know, I, I do know about my my little rice cake <laughs> strategy. What do you think about that versus, um, you know, gels? You can I mean, you can absolutely come up with it. There's so many different snacks. I have a snack bar that I made for a client recently. Um, I will send it to you. Um, it's got dates in it. Do you like dates? Dates, yes, very yeah. good. Yeah. So um, you can, you just have to make sure you're getting enough sodium, enough potassium. If you're using it, you know, partially for your electrolyte repletion, if you're using straight carbs and you're drinking, you know, um, a nice electrolyte replacement, then it's, then it's fine. And it's trial and error. You know, you figure out kind of what works for you. My guess is with your white rice, ball, those balls that you make, right, you're probably getting 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate if you're refueling on them frequently enough. Yeah, let's talk about recovery. Probably the first thing to think about is fluids. One of the strategies we recommend as uh, as dietitians, it's weight, urine, and thirst. After exercise, you want to weigh yourself. And for every pound you lost, you want to have around 16 to 24 ounces of water. Now, of course, during the race, you got to make sure you're hydrating. So it's not this like huge dramatic loss. And you need to make sure you're getting adequate electrolytes. And you know, if you're dehydrated, you're going to feel it in your performance. And also looking at your urine. Sometimes I have athletes who overhydrate. You're really aiming for a pal urine. And then, you know, you never want to rely solely on thirst as an indicator. Usually by the time you're thirsty, you already need liquids. Anytime that you have darker urine or you're very thirsty or you know, you've lost a lot of weight, one, if you have two of those measures, you're likely dehydrated. So after a race, of course, you have to make sure that you're rehydrating. After a, a big race, like you just run a half marathon or a marathon, what do you think about in terms of post-recovery carbs and protein? Oh, it's, it's so important. I mean, if, 
If you're lucky enough to have your family there, they can have your little post meal kit, you know, all ready for you. Um, you're definitely going to want um, to obviously rehydrate. You're going to need um, carbs. I will say, of course, complex carbs are always better, but a lot of times you're going to need simple carbs. You're going to need not the healthiest choices because your stomach might not be up, you know, to be able to handle anything um, really that complex. But you, once you're able to eat, you really need a source of leucine. Leucine is an essential amino acid. Aim for around three grams of this. It's one of the most important chain amino acids for muscle protein synthesis. So it's something I'm always looking at with athletes. Greek yogurt, so like a smoothie bowl, black beans or white beans, or even um, cottage cheese, tempeh, tofu, and of course, milk. You know, chocolate milk is always fantastic, right, um, for recovery, and it's delicious. Really it kind of hits the spot, you know, but those are all good sources of leucine. And you want to make sure that, you know, you're getting adequate protein to repair all those muscle tears. I mean, and that's where leucine comes in. Well, that's really helpful. I've never heard that leucine is an important branch chain amino acid. As a sports nutrition dietitian, do you have some top tips for race day? You know, dietitians, we always use the word track and trend. You know, you're tracking and trending and you're seeing, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And you're keeping a notebook and some notes to really make sure that when race day comes, you already have a strategy to tested it out on the few long runs before the marathon. Run race day with your favorite gel. This is not the time to like take the free samples. <laughs> Remember hydration is an all day affair. You should be thinking about it the night before, the morning of, um, and throughout. Pump up your carbs leading up to race day. We used to think you had to carb load for several days. Now it's a much shorter window of, you know, sometimes even less than two days, but you want to practice carb loading well before the day of the marathon in, in your long runs leading up to it. And then of course, plan your post-race meal, know where you're going to eat, know what you're going to order. Think about that and make sure that you're also having a good source of leucine along with um, repleting those glycogen source. They're done. They're, they're gone. You need to eat them or you're going to be wiped out for, you know, a couple more days to come. I like it because it's, it's a lifestyle enhancement. And yeah. anytime, you know, people often think, okay, I'm on an exercise program. I'm doing a lot. And there people who are on an exercise program are doing a lot, but you can't do it on exercise alone. The nutrition plays such an mm -hmm. important role. We're so conditioned by our families and by all the social mechanisms we have in place for eating and what we eat. Thank you so much for sharing your information with us today and all of your expertise. You guys out there, get a hold of her book. I actually wrote a blog specifically for this podcast, all on running nutrition, because I knew we wouldn't be able to cover everything. If you go to melissashealthyliving.com, you can check out my books and you can check out the runner's blog that just posted. Well, thank you, Melissa.